the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Some call it rallying the troops. From a biblical or church perspective, it's called, Can I Get a Witness? That's what we're looking at today, here on Truth For Today, with Pastor Phil Howard. Can I get a witness? Welcome. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Usually, when you say that from the pulpit, you're looking for affirmation and agreement. You're rallying the troops within the congregation to understand and agree with the truth that is being spelled out in Scripture. That's exactly what Jesus is doing here in John chapter 5. Can I get a witness? Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Can I get a witness? That's the way you're supposed to get the church with you. Well, that's what Jesus is saying in John 5. He has made some outlandish claims that will get him crucified in John 19. They crucify him not for the works he did, but for making himself God's son. For this, they crucified him. But in making the claims, he follows up and he calls into the court of human opinion and he said, let me cite to you some witnesses. Uh, number one, John the Baptist. Two, he said, uh, my own works. Three, God the Father. Finally, he says the scriptures. Elsewhere in the book of John, Christ himself makes the claim, but he's living on Deuteronomy ground, where Deuteronomy 17 and 19 said, that nothing is true about you without witnesses. They said, the rabbi said, no man is authentic who only has self-testimony. If he does not have anyone beside himself that witnesses to who he is, you don't accept his testimony. And Christ is in a legal setting here. He's made this claim. He called God his father, back in John 5, 17. The Jews heard that, and they were outraged, for they understood it to be, you just said you're equal with God. Do you ever hear this line, he never claimed to be God? Have you ever heard that? He's claiming to be God. John 1 said, the word was with God, the word was God, the word was made flesh. Only one member of the Trinity ever became human, God the Son. Jesus has called God some 14 to 15 times in the Bible. He claimed to be God. And he says in the beginning of John here, he said, I can do what the Father does in verses 19 and 20. Whatever the Father does, I can do. Uh, well, what about creation? Who created the world? All things came through him, God the Son. Father was the source, 
The Son was the agent. The Spirit was the means. Ek came out of God the Father. Dia through the agency of the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. He was the one who said, let us make man. Let us do this. God the Son was there. That's what he's claiming. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not just a nice teacher. And I'm not one of the 60 false messiahs that came in the first century, according to Josephus. I can do what God does. Now, this is his claims. It's one thing to claim it. It's another thing to do it. And so, we'll look at that. He goes and says in verse 21, I've got equal authority with my father. And the father, he raises the dead and gives him life. So do I. Whatever authority he has, I have. He says, I'm equal to the Father in judgment, so much so that God the Father has relinquished all judgment of angels, nations, men and women at the white throne. Judgment, believers' works, all categories of judgment has been delegated to the Son. He's the judge, not the Father. He turned it over to the Son. And then he goes on to say, I'm equal to the Father in honor. Look at verse 23. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Do you have to believe that Jesus is deity to go to heaven? You do? Does that offend and God could say, who cares? Everything I say bothers you folks. Who cares? I'm not taking a vote on it. We'll vote November. Guess what? God's one ruler we never vote on. We only vote on whether we want to spend eternity with him or without him. But we can't put him in or out of office. He's in the office. He's there by divine appointment. So we find a key term in the book of John is the term witness. It's used over 40 some odd times. And it's our word martyrion or martyria. And we get our word martyr from it. But it literally meant to give testimony and to be a witness. I want you to hear something that Leon Mar Morris says about a witness. If you call a witness into a court case... Let's say you're under accusation for something. And you tell your lawyer, these people saw it. These are my friends. Bring them to court. Here's something about a witness. It's a serious thing to call a witness. For witnesses establish a truth. It is a commitment to the truth to say, I'll be a witness for you. I will commit to the truth regarding you. It's not opinions. It's what I really saw. Watch Leon Morris. To be incapable of commitment is to be unable to be a witness. You can't call someone in, and when you're interviewing, they say, well, I sort of think it could have been that way. I might have. I don't want to be committed, but I think it could have been this man, that man, that place. No, no, no. A witness must be able to be committed to a true statement. And many, as you know, are willing to make commitments to no one or nothing. Especially in a postmodern world 
where truth is relative, and it's just however man feels. But a witness was a serious commitment in a Jewish court. According to Deuteronomy 17 and 19, if I was being on, put on trial for murder, and you stepped in as a witness, and you said, he did it, and they proved that your testimony was false, under the law, you would sentence the false witness with the same penalty you would have given the murderer. So the penalty would fall on the false witness. So it was a serious thing to be a witness. Paul brought it over to the New Testament. Never believe an accusation against a church leader unless you have two witnesses. Two, that means people who saw it. Not they heard the rumor. They saw it, and they would stake their life on it. That's what a witness is about in John. And so, we have to say that the book was written, the book of John, that let me give you the testimony of all these people as to who Christ is. Why? That you may know who he is, and that by believing in him, you may have eternal life. But, we want to call the witnesses to the court. But what did you say? First witness, I bring John the Baptist to you. He said, you guys remember John the Baptist? When he was, uh, came out in his new wardrobe of camel skin, uh, locusts on his teeth, uh, no telling how his hair was. Uh, you talk about a weird looking guy at first. Just, I don't know, he might have been handsome. But anybody coming out dressed in camel skins a little different. I'm not talking about camel skin suit. I'm talking about camel skin. Grew up on locusts and wild honey. Came out of the wilderness, as it were. And all of a sudden, his preaching platform is down by Jordan. And people turn out to hear him. And he's saying, repent. The kingdom of God is about to come upon you. The king is among you. What do you have to say, John, about Jesus, who is your cousin, that you're six months older? Hey, he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John 1. He is before I was. Wait, wait, John, you're older than Jesus. You don't get it. This man was before all men. He's the eternal that's come to live in a body. What else, John? He is greater than I. I can I find myself not even worthy to tie his shoestrings. This one is before I was. He's greater than I am. Matter of fact, he must increase and I must decrease. He is going to rise. I'm going to decline. I am a voice in the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. This is Christ, the Messiah the Lamb, the one that can set up the kingdom for Israel. And he says they loved his preaching for a while. That when he came, in verse 35, he's like a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. You loved to hear him preach, but you didn't buy his message about Christ. You wouldn't accept what he said about his cousin the Messiah. He said he was God's lamb. He said he was the king come. This is him. 
This is him. This is him. Great preacher. Greatest prophet born to men. He's my witness. John, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the Lamb of God. You are who you say you are. You are God's Son. Israel, what do you do with John's testimony? It burned brightly. Many were baptized. Many followed him. What do you do with him? We like to hear him. We just don't buy what he says about Christ. His second witness he calls into court. He says, let me call another witness as to who I am. Look at verse uh, 36. He says, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. I call into the court all the works that I've done. What works did you do? Do another miracle. You remember, Paul said the Jews demanded signs. Well, John's gospel's written around seven miraculous signs Jesus did. Let's, let's track them out. John 2. I can take water and just say, turn to wine, and it happens. Try that. Try that in the Napa Valley. You become a multimillionaire, especially when it's the best wine in town. I can just turn water to... Well, who do you think you are? I'm the creator. Matter does what I say. You remember, I spoke this thing into existence. When I speak, things happen. How many men do you think would like that little formula? It's like that man that was pulled over and they tested his driving, tested, gave him an alcohol test and saw that he's drunk. He said, no, 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 I, I didn't do it. Then they checked his car and fought, found a bottle of wine. And they said, look at here, look at that wine. And the man said, my Lord done done it again. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this Savior can turn water to wine, no problem. That is funny, let's keep going. Uh, John 4, he can speak the word and not even be in the room and watch a nobleman's son raised. Just like that, just take my word for it. John 5, man 38 years lame by the pool of Bethesda. Just pick up your mat and walk. Hey, you ought to try that. Just go tell a paralytic. Go tell a lame. Go to some hospital and just say, get up and walk. Buddha, you say it. Muhammad, you say it. Every world claim. Just say it and let me see him walk and not be rigged. 38 years and he gets up and walks. On the authority of a man he doesn't even know, a man he didn't exercise great faith, he just followed orders. God could do miracles in your life if you just obey him. If you do what he says, quit saying, oh, Lord, do something for me. He's saying, when are you going to obey me? If I told you what to do, would you do it? You see, intent is more important than content. Show me. No, what's your intention? If I tell you what to do, will you do it? That's half the New Testament miracles. They just did what he said. The miracle happens in your life when you just obey this master Messiah. His word is like the word of no other. 
If you want to just debate philosophy and words, go to Cal. If you want to find out a word that can set you free, you better go to the book of John and read about a man that spoke like no man spoke. When he said, get up 38 years, the man gets up. John 6, he needs to get across the lake, no problem. Just walk across it. Try that. Better be sure you've got a life preserver, though. Because you're not going to make it. Just walk across that water. Why? The Creator spoke to the water, become a sidewalk. Like that. See, the wind and the water and demons know who He is, do you? Demons never. They said, why did you come to torment us before our time? When Satan tempted Christ... He tempted him on the assumption he was the Son of God. See, he's smarter than theologians. He knows who he is. Because Christ created Satan as one of the angels. And he said, since you are the Son of God, turn this stone into bread. Do you know what? That's no temptation for me. I'm being tempted. What is it? To turn a stone into bread. That's no temptation. I can't do it. You've got to be able to do it. Satan knew what the Son could do. He knows who Christ is. Then you've got these miracles in John 6. Try feeding 5,000 at one time. Not counting the women and the children. So I figure if you threw in wives, children, you'd probably have 15,000 being fed in one day. You're trying to feed two kids. He could just, like that. John 9, a boy born blind. He can speak the word. He's healed. John 11. A man's been dead for three days so that they're afraid if they pull back the stone on the sepulcher that the smell of decomposition will be so strong they don't even want to be involved. But he said, no, no problem. Roll it back. Lazarus, come out of there. These miracles were seen by many eyewitnesses. He said, If you don't believe who I am, just see who can do the works I do. Not bad. We call that empirical eyewitness proof in court. Thousands saw it. How many people do you think could have stood up and say, I was at the lunch he prepared. I was there. Thousands in Palestine. So he said, I call my works to witness that I am truly who I say I am. I am the God-man. Thirdly, I like to call my, uh, uh, by the way, I I love the fact that uh, John the Baptist, you know, got thrown in jail and left this world with his head in a basket and a sensuous little girl went and gave it to the king. What a way for a prophet to leave this world because he he told him you shouldn't be sleeping with the woman you're sleeping with. That can get you killed. But while he's in jail, he began to have doubts. He began to wonder. And he said to himself, I wonder if I've been right about this Christ. And Jesus received John's disciples. And he said, you go back and you tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are being raised again, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. I'm doing everything Messiah is supposed to do. You go tell my discouraged servant he wasn't wrong about who I am. Go tell him. You may have your moments, but guess what? He keeps on showing, I am who I said I am. So then we come to God the Father. Verse 32, 
He doesn't mention the Father by name, but he mentions there's another who testifies to me, and I believe it's God the Father, uh, that he bears witness about who I am. And then he goes down, verse 37, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you've never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Father, how have you witnessed about your son? What about the baptism? A voice came out of heaven. What did he say? This is my beloved son. And the spirit descended like a dove. The triune Godhead showed up at the baptism of Christ. The father spoke, the son descended, and the son was baptized. The father showed up at his baptism. Mount Transfiguration. Peter got carried away and started a building project. Whips out three tents. We're going to build one to Moses, one to Elijah, and the father interrupts. Whoa, 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 whoa. My son has no rivals. My son doesn't compete. Moses can't hold a light to him. Elijah can't hold a light. If you want to build anything, Peter, you build it to my son. Hear him. This is my son up here on this mount. Hear him. The father all the way through the narrative of John is attesting his love for the son, his uh, identity. Let me tell you, you can't go to heaven believing in God just the God of your own imagination. You must believe in the God who has a son called Jesus, who died for your sins, who rose again, who ascended, who is coming again. You cannot know God. You can say, I worship uh, Muhammad, Allah, uh, the God of deism. I worship the uh, eternal spirit being, the, the cloud God, the moon God, the tree God. None of that saves. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus Christ. You must come through the Son. You must come through the Son. There's no other way. We are not folks that say, God, 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 rub a rabbit's foot and throw dice and think you're going to heaven. No, no, you come to trust in the Son. How could God let anyone into heaven who wouldn't come through His Son? The only reason He made hell for you, He will not make anyone be trapped with the Son forever. And so, those that don't come through the Son, God has created a compartment of isolation from the Father and the Son. It's hell. But you see, heaven... There's a song we used to sing, Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. He is the centerpiece of heaven. He's the lamb. He's the light. He is the center. Everything in history is running to the lamb, either in judgment or to the city of the lamb. We're all running to the lamb one way or the other. You will see the lamb, a real man, a God man that still retains the marks of the prince in his hands. 
And that will conclude our time today here on Truth For Today from Valley Bible Church in Hercules with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. As we close out our broadcast, we would invite you to join us for worship here at Valley Bible Church, and we would also invite you to stop by our website and take advantage of added resource materials we've made available through this ministry. You see, as we come to you on a daily basis, it's our hope and desire that you grow in Christ, that you find yourself sustained by His grace through the teaching and preaching of His Word. Along those lines, we've created Truth For Today Radio, which is a website that contains a lot of other extracurricular resource materials that you can add to your relationship with Christ as you seek to grow in Him. We also have information about who we are, what we believe, and worship opportunities at Valley Bible Church, where this broadcast originates, here in Hercules. We have directions, we have service times, all of it. It's available at truthfortodayradio.org. If you would like to contact us by phone, you're welcome to do so at 855-833-9864. Again, that's 855-833-9864. As always, you're welcome to write to us. The address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. We would also ask you to prayerfully consider partnering with us, not just prayerfully, but financially as well, as this broadcast and the many resource materials available along with it are available as you link arms with us financially and prayerfully. Our goal and desire is to minister to the greater Bay Area, and we can do that more and more as you link arms with us, again, financially and prayerfully. No gift is too small, no gift is too large. And whether it's a one-time gift or monthly gift, it's all appreciated, and your prayers even more so. Reach us at truthfortodayradio.org or call 855-833-9864. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. 